Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Let's take a moment and, and uh, invite the Lord's presence. Lord, we just ask you to come. We want to encounter you. We uh, long for more of you here in this place. God, Holy Spirit, we want your fresh bread. God, we want to be counted as faithful. We want to be faithful followers of you, Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you do, God, to do the same things that you taught us to do, Lord Jesus. We want to be obedient followers of you, Lord, to be your friends, Lord. We, we long to be friends. We long for friendship and to be about our Father's business, God. You, while we're here on this earth, this time that we have, God, that we would <clears throat> be about your business and about your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we've been, uh, we're uh, the last six weeks before this, leading up even with Easter, we've been uh, focused on a passion for Jesus and uh, stirring up our own passion, resting in his love, experiencing his love, allowing his love to lavish on us. We've been staring at him, right? Fixing our gaze and our attentions on Jesus and uh, the awesomeness of who he is and his, his love for us and just allowing that to wash over us, right? To cleanse us and to, to purify us. And, um, and today we're kicking off our next series, which is compassion for, Jesus, or compassion for People. Excuse me. So we're going from passion for Jesus, compassion for, for people. And uh, this is actually a theme of John Wimber's life when he kicked off the whole Vineyard movement. It's, it's these two themes of passion for Jesus, compassion for others. Passion for, peop- uh, uh, passion for Jesus, compassion for people, right? Is, is, was a theme of his life and the two things that he loved to talk about in terms of bringing the kingdom. In fact, it was, it was that a, a compassion for people is a natural byproduct of a passion for Jesus. It should be a natural outflow, right, as we experience the love and the grace and the power of God, as we love him with all of our hearts, as we get connected deeper and deeper with him through worship and through uh, in our lives, then it, the natural outflow of that is passion for those around us. And so we're going to, for the next six weeks, study and, and, and set our hearts on growing in our, our compassion for the people around us. And I was just thinking about this. I was like, you know what? Do we, do you, do we, do we want to have messages that kind of just tickle our ears a little bit and it's nice and fun and, you know, Jesus loves you? Or do we really want to get down and dirty in terms of following Jesus? And for the next six weeks, we're going to get down and dirty. All right, we're going to open up our Bibles and learn about what it means to really follow after Jesus and um, express uh, compassion to the people around us. You know, there's a mindset I, that I, I see in evolving out of this whole COVID situation is that you know, people are coming in with the mindset that I really don't need to gather in churches. I have got these online, and there's nothing wrong with online. I'm not... I'm not criticizing. I'm just, saying, I'm just calling out a mindset that I don't think is necessarily biblical, is that, hey, we don't really need to gather together because I got these online teachings and I got all this stuff, and you know I mean? That's good enough for me. I'll just stay in my house, and I really don't need any of this stuff. And I would just warn us that that's not 
biblical. That's totally not biblical. One of the reasons why we're called to gather together is to spur one another on to love and good works. Right? To spur one another on to love and good works. To spur one another on to love and good works. That's the theme of our lives, is to spur one another on to love and good works. And so these next six weeks, we're going to focus on spurring one another on. Right, spurring one another on to love and good works, whether we're in house groups meeting together, discussing what it looks like, right, to, in, to the practical ways that we show and express compassion, the compassion of Jesus Christ to those around us, or whether it's here, right, as we learn and open up the Bible and get our minds renewed with what that looks like, right? See, our vision here is the transformation of the Oxford, the greater Oxford community. Right? That's what we're with the kingdom of God. That's our vision. And how are we going to fulfill that? It's going to be by us raising up an army, right? discipling an army of passionate lovers of Jesus, walking daily in the power, presence, and love of the Holy Spirit. That's our first line of our mission statement. And so this is critical that we get a hold of this. Right? Are we all there yet? I don't know about you, but this is going to be challenging for me. But it's good that it's challenging. Because I want my life to matter. I don't know about you, but I want to, I, I think about this all the time. I think about my, what, what am I, am I going to get to the end when I'm on my deathbed, when it's time for me to, to go and to leave this planet? Have I done what I was supposed to do? Did I fulfill the mission? Did I live faithfully to Jesus Christ? Can I stand before him and give an account and say, yes, I followed you, and I did the things that you told me to do? Yes. And if we're not thinking about that, I would encourage you to think about that, because this life is just a blip of time. It's just a blip of time. And we only have this one life to live, and we need to live faithfully in following Jesus Christ. So I want to, before we start diving in, I want to kind of give you a little bit of background on this because I think it's really important that we understand this. And to do that, we kind of have to go back to the beginning. We have to go back to Genesis, right? And in Genesis, what do we see? We see God. There was God, and, and, and God created. In the beginning was God. And who was God? Well, John teaches us what? John teaches us that God is what? He is love. The very essence of God is love. That's so important. We have to understand that so we get so many views of who God is. But the reality is, is what the Bible teaches us that he is love, right? God is love. It's not that he acts lovingly or does all these things. He is love. He is the essence of what love looks like. When Jesus walked on this planet, right, Jesus is the exact image of God. He is, he is God in the flesh, Right? And he displayed to us what it looked like to walk and to live in love. And so in the beginning, there's God. God is love. And then God creates us, his people. He creates the human race, and he creates us in his image and his likeness. That's really important, right? So we are in the made in the image of love. We are to reflect who, the very nature of God, which is love. We were made for love, to be loved, and to love.
And in this place, right, then what happens next? Adam and Eve, right? They rebel against God. They turn their back on God. They follow the enemy. They, 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 they revolt. They rebel. They act independently, right? And they sin. And there's the fall of man, right? I mean, they, they fall, right? And the whole image of God is completely, or the image of man is completely twisted into something that it was never meant to be. Sin completely twisted. It perverted the very nature and the character of man. It perverted it so much that, that God, could, it, was so, it was unfixable. Everybody's going to get upset with me on that. It was unfixable. Why do I know it was unfixable? Because God didn't, he decided to give you a completely new nature. Right? The good news is that Jesus Christ didn't leave us in that place and in that state of being, right? Separated from God, right? With sin and sickness and all the horrible things that it brought in. Death, right? Destruction. Selfishness. What was the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they, when they sinned? They looked down and were like, holy crap. I'm naked. All of a sudden, self-awareness, which was never a part of love. They were completely self-aware. They were completely self-focused, and they hid themselves, right? They understood their shame. They understood their nakedness. And we need to see this, that that's what we were not made for. We weren't made for that. The very sin nature is selfishness and self-focus and self-preservation, That's the bad news. The good news is, is God sent his son, right? He so loved the world. He, was, he didn't leave us in that place, but God so loved the world that he sent his son. And Jesus died on that cross. And it says that we were crucified with Christ. Listen, this is important. In Romans 6, it says this, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Listen, if we died with Christ then we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, that you are a new creation. Not driven by, by selfishness, not driven by self-control, not dr driven by pride and, and arrogance and me and mine and all that. I, Jesus died to set us free from ourselves, to set us free from the sin nature so that I could live and walk in what? In love, which was our original creation to restore us to that place or, uh, and give us a new, cre a new nature in him. You are an incredible lover. And to say anything else is, 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 would be wrong. The very nature, our new creation in Jesus Christ, as new creations, we are awesome lovers. So what we see is, is that death, right, the death of self produces life. Life begins, joy begins when we get our focus off of self, we get free of selfishness and self-centeredness, and we begin to walk in the newness of life. Brian Blount says this, is that our mission is to love the hell out of people, right? To love the hell out of people. It's true. 
Our mission is to love the hell out of people, right? That we are love. Listen, we are the answer that the world needs. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are what the, what the world needs. It's found in us. And we're called as people to bring life everywhere we go. Our mission is to bring life. To bring life. You're going to hear that a lot in the next six weeks. Is that our call and our mission to bring life. To walk in life. And to bring life to the people around us. So the purpose of this series is to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. To grow in the compassion and the love of Jesus Christ. And we're not going to get in condemnation. Listen, you're going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Right? We get into the old way of thinking. We get focused on self. It creeps into us. Right? It happens on a, on a regular basis. I get it. I, I know this because I'm me. <laughs> and I know how I can get focused on self and get self-centered, and it's all about me and being in control and, and dominating situations and all that. That's the old nature. But the new nature is about, I want to pour out myself. I want to give of myself. I want to be a drink offering for those around me. I want others to come alive with love. So how are we going to do this? We're going to do this by focusing our minds on, on what it looks like to follow Jesus. We're going to open up the Word of God. And we're going to open up the Word of God in the next six weeks, and we're going to press into this thing called compassion for people. And it's, there's going to be times where we're going to have to repent, right? Which means what? It means change our thinking. That's what repentance is. It's saying, hey, I got some stinking thinking, and I need to change some things about my life, right? I'm acting in the, I'm, this is what the, Paul says, reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. You're going to have to reckon yourself dead to that old way of thinking, right, that old selfish way of thinking, and alive to God. And there's going to be times where we're going to have to repent. And then the last one is really important, is that we're going to have to pray because, listen, we're called to do a, fulfill a mission that none of us can do. It's impossible in any of your own strength to love as Jesus loved. It's impossible to express compassion in, in and of your own strength. But it's a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, temples of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is at hand, right? So it's not apart from him, but it's with him and, and through him and by his power. So the greatest thing we're going to pray is, Lord, Increase my capacity to, to show love, to express compassion to those around me. Help me to see them. Help me to love them as you love them. Help me to see them as you see them. It's going to be so important. I would just encourage everyone, make sure you get in a small group. Make sure you get into one of our life groups. Right? Let's press this into this together. Let's just, can this be a six weeks of, of really diving into the depths of what it means to follow Jesus? Can we not play games and play church? I'm serious. Listen, I'm, I'm at fault just as much as anybody else. But we just kind of, you know, that was a nice message and then go home kind of thing. But no, I, I really want this to be a life-changing experience that, that, tr that this is transformational for the city of Oxford and for the greater Oxford community, all right?
So let's press into this and let's do it together because we know that we need each other. And we need to spur one another on, right? To love and good works. So with that, let's, let's just go ahead and open up our Bible and let's just dive in. Let's dive in. I've got some props today. We're going to Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. I've got these, got these right here. We've got an egg. We've got a carrot. And I got some coffee beans. There we go. Egg, carrot, and coffee beans. Two eggs, actually, over here. For you that are online, it's not, the effect is not going to be quite the same as being here. But I'm going to try to put it in a place. Maybe if I back up, I can put this right here. And we can see it later. All right. So, let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read this together. This is a classic story, but I think it's so important. This is Jesus' lesson on compassion and what it looks like to really love your neighbor in the story of the Good Samaritan. So let's just le- read it together. There's some interesting things that we want to draw out here. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when when, when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed over on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He had compassion on him, right? He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for my extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Now there's, uh, I I had lunch with Ricardo uh, Rosas this past week, and he was telling me the story of the coffee bean. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know how you have one of those moments as a Holy Spirit moment. And I was just like, this is key to, to the message. And I looked it up, and there's a book called The Coffee Bean by John Gordon and Damon West. So anyways, this is a parable of the coffee bean. I'm not the originator of it but it's very applicable in terms of learning how to walk in compassion. And so the story of the coffee bean is this, is that life is difficult. It's like a, po- a, boiling, a pot of boiling hot water, right? It's, it's like a, bo- a pot of boiling hot water. Let me get my little props here. Yeah. And um, so there's three, there's three ways of dealing with the, the hot water. The first one is... An egg, right? So if I put an egg in, in the boiling hot water, what happens? 
it gets hard, right? If I put a carrot in the hot water, what happens? It gets soft. What if I put a coffee bean? Oh, I love this. You guys don't understand. There's a reason why. There's a Holy Spirit reason why I love coffee, Malachi. There's a Holy Spirit reason. It's, it's a heavenly juice. It's a heavenly drink. Right? But what happens with the coffee bean? When we crush the coffee bean and put the coffee bean in hot water, what happens? It changes it. Right? It completely transforms the water into something magnificent. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Coffee. Man. Awesome. Each one of these, I believe, represents how we respond potentially to life situations and the call to compassion. So the first thing that is key is, uh, let's look at the egg here. We'll look at the egg first. The egg gets hard, right? The egg gets hard. The, the first thing that we need to do it, um, with respect to growing in compassion for people is compassion for people begins by seeing the people around us. See, the problem is, is what happens in life is we get so hard, right? We get so hard that we quit seeing people. We quit seeing them. Or we get so hardened by what we're experiencing in life and we let that define us, right? We get so hardened by life and what's happening around us, right, that we, get, we start developing a judgmental perspective. We think that God, we start seeing God as the judge, right? And I'm not saying that he's not at some point, but, we're, it, but in, this, in the era and in the, in the, in the place that we're in right now, through the Son, Jesus Christ, right, he is extending himself to the world. He've, he's made a way for everyone. He's opened the door for everyone to come to know him, right? But we develop this hard and judgmental mindset, and so when we look at people, we start judging them, and we, start, and, we, and, we, and we devalue them. And we think, well, if God's judging them, then I'm gonna judge them too. And we start distancing ourselves more and more from the world when we're supposed to be the answer to the world. Listen, I know, because I'm one of those people. It creeps into every one of our lives. We get sick and tired of what's happening around us and we, we start pulling away. We start pulling away. Interacting with people that don't know him. When those are the very people that we're called to love and express compassion. And it causes us to devalue. We become hardened and we devalue, right, those around us. We devalue. We look upon them as less but God's perspective of them is love. God's perspective is, is that he's, he's calling them, he's drawing him. He longs for all to turn and to come to repentance and to the knowledge of him. All. It's, the Bible, Jesus taught us, he said, you know what? The, the, the good shepherd, he leaves the 99 and pursues after the one, doesn't he? He leaves the 99 and he pursues after the one. He's pursuing after that person that's in front of you. He's longing to express his love and his grace to them. So the sin that we fall into is become hardened. We, we, we quit, quit seeing, right? Or if we do see what we devalue, right? What did the Levite and the priest do? It was more important. It, it, this messed up by helping that person and getting down into that ditch, right? It was going to mess up their life. 
It was self-focused. It was self-centered. And we stop seeing people around us. Matthew 25. Jesus taught us this. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. Di Lehman, she talks about this. We heard a message uh, about a year ago, just right before COVID hit, and she was talking about seeing Jesus in the people around us. Seeing Jesus in the people around us. We need to pray this, Lord, let me see you in the people around us. Tenderize my heart, Lord. The good news is, is we don't have to stay like this egg, right? We don't have to stay like this egg. But the, but, but the power of the Holy Spirit can come upon us and soften our hearts. And where's, I lost Jordan. Oh, there he is. Come on. Come on up. So this is interesting. I got two eggs here. I got one egg that's hard, and I got one egg that's soft. And you better pick the right one because you got to throw it down on this pan right here. All right, so pick an egg, and then I want you to pick it. That's fine. Throw it down on that pan. Ooh. All right, now you got to do this one. I'm like, throw it hard. Ooh. There we go. All right. Yeah. This is interesting. See, I think this is an example of what it means to encounter people, right? Because when we encounter, when we're hardened, we just bounce off of them, right? But when we're softened with the presence of Holy Spirit and we have compassion in our hearts, what we smear all over them. Right? This is, this is Jesus in us. Right? And we come in contact with people and we just, we just smear all over them. We just, we, just, we just mess up everything about their lives with the love and the, and the presence of Jesus Christ. Right? Thanks, Jordan. You're awesome. So we need to start seeing people. Now, it's interesting here. It says that Jesus said part of this great commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is an interesting paradox for me because we're supposed to lose ourselves, find life. But then Jesus says you need to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor. That's an interesting paradox, right? So somewhere in there, hating self is not holy, right? Hating yourself and, and, and false humility and not believing in who you are and knowing that in you is the kingdom of God that wants to break out and touch the lives of others. Yes? We need to begin seeing, Lord, and, and, and asking Holy Spirit to come and, and to help us to see. We need to start seeing injuries. Listen, start praying that. How many of us, we see injuries and we don't even think, a, think twice about it? Or we see someone sick and we don't think, think twice about it? When inside of you is Holy Spirit, who is the giver of life, who can radically change that circumstance and that situation. Right? This isn't power evangelism or some cool thing. That's not what Jesus was about. He would heal people, and what he would say, don't go tell anybody. It wasn't about him. It was just pure compassion coming out to change the circumstance. We need to start seeing depressed looks on people's faces or angry people right around us who are struggling with this whole situation and circumstance being separated from their family members, right? 
or people that are scared. Instead of judging them and condemning them, we should be moved with compassion and seeing them. I, I sent a text this week to a, a friend through Facebook, and I just, um, just a friend, I just felt like Holy Spirit was just nudging me to say something nice to him. I didn't say anything real spectacular, to be honest. The thing that she said to me was, thank you for seeing me. She said, thank you. People just want to be seen. That they, are, they exist, that their life matters. The world is hungry right now for purpose and truth and life. And they're hurting and we are the answer. And we have the answer. The second thing is, is that compassion for people begins with taking responsibility for our neighbor. It begins with taking responsibility for our neighbor. So what happens to the carrot? It gets soft, right? Failing to take responsibility is about being soft. Well, I'm afraid that this is going to happen, or I'm afraid this is going to happen, or I can't help this person for this reason and that reason. This is the Levite. This is the priest. This is so religious, right? We make every excuse in the book of why we can't get involved in someone's life around us. Listen, right? And I'm right there. Come on, this is the reality. I make every excuse in the book of why I can't help this person or why I can't get involved in this situation or that situation, right? And, and we start talking about that. We make every excuse in the book. And we're soft. I don't care if it's fear or if anxiety or whatever it is, but we make excuses. And we're soft when it comes to, to living out this compassion thing. We see helping other people as an optional thing. It's optional. And when we do it, great. But when we don't do it, right? We see compassion as optional. Compassion. Listen, you are love. You're made in the image of love. You're a new creation in Jesus Christ. This is your calling. This is your destiny. This is your purpose to walk and to display the love of God. This is why we're here. Listen, you're not going to have any life. We wonder why so many of us are a wreck and we have no joy in life. It's because we're all focused on self and my life and what's happening here and there. And we, we just got to get our eyes off of ourselves and fix our eyes on other people around us. Life begins when we begin to pour out ourselves for others. Romans 13 says this, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. We owe the world love. That's what we owe them. That's exactly what Paul's saying. The debt that we owe this world is to love them, to love the hell out of them. And I'm going to say this again. We're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You're going to leave this building right here, and you're going to start seeing situations. You're going to start seeing, because why? Because you're aware, because Holy Spirit is with you, and he's calling you in. He's calling you into your purpose and your destiny, and you're going to see situations, and listen, you're going to shrink back. You're going to be the soft carrot, right? I'm going to be it. But listen, we're not going to walk in condemnation. We're not going to let the enemy twist that and pervert that to be something that it isn't, because we have the grace of Jesus Christ, and we're just going to go, Run, Father, change my heart.
We need to be like the coffee bean that's crushed and dispersed into the fluid, right? It's dispersed into the hot water and it, and it changes the circumstance to something magnificent. It's sacrificed for the, for the good of all, right? It's sacrificed. See, life begins when we lay down our lives for our friends. Life begins, listen, life begins when I quit living for self and I start living for others. When I'm crushed and I'm poured out, this should be our prayer every day. Lord, I want my life to be poured out for you. I want my life to be poured out for you. I want to be a living sacrifice to your glory and to your honor and to your praise. I want to love the people around me with all that I am. This brings us to the third point. Compassion for people begins with investing our lives. It begins with investing ourselves, investing what we have. Listen, that's our life in eternity. That's how much time we have in it right now. Eternity's huge, right? We have this much time, this much time. From the day you're born till the day you die, what do you have? You have time, you have money, you have resources, you have your faculties. Are you investing that for others? Or are you consuming that on yourself? Jesus taught us a parable about this, right? It's called the parable of the talents. And the one talent was given to one guy. And what did he do? He consumed it on himself. He didn't invest it. He didn't pour it out. He just held it to himself. And what did Jesus say? He took it from him and gave it to the other people. He said, you're unworthy. And you didn't take responsibility with the gifts that I have given to you. And he took it away and gave it to somebody else. See, the other two, they took what they had and they invested it. They invested it. They poured it out for others. And what happened? They were given more. See, this, the, the, when we experience the love of God, it demands us to give it away. Because if we quit giving it away, we will dry up the love and the grace of God in our lives. Jesus said this, for, the, for this reason the Father loves me. Because why? Because I lay down my life for the sheep. John 15, 3, 13, I already said this, but there is no greater love than this than we lay down our lives for our friends. Jesus is the answer to all of life's problems. And you have Jesus living inside of you. So therefore, you're the answer. You're the good news. You're the good news. I'm the good news that this world needs. And listen, what's going to happen is you're going to step out in this, and you're going to say something, and it's not going to be perfect, and people are gonna, you're going to get rejected, or people are going to snap at you and all this. That's just the enemy's work. And are you, are you going to shrink back and go, oh, I'm worthless, and I'm nothing, Right? Or are you going to press in and say, I don't care what you say. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be loved because that's what I'm called to do. Jesus isn't concerned about if you say just the right thing or are cool or not. He doesn't care about that. Sometimes we have to be a fool for him. And listen, I'm, I, again, I'm trying to press into this, and I'm inviting you to be a part of this. 
I'm pressing into this. I'm going for it, right? I'm going to press into compassion. I'm going to press in because I know that's where my Jesus is at, and I want to be where Jesus is at. And I'm passionate about this because this is your life. This is our life. This is our purpose. I want to see this community radically change with the kingdom of heaven. And we have it at our fingertips. We just have to unleash it. How do we start making this happen? Do not despise the place of small beginnings. The Bible teaches us, don't despise the place. This is a small beginning. This is a beginning. Today is a beginning of a radical transformation of the Oxford community. Because I don't see a whole lot of people living like this. And I don't, I'm not saying that. Because when I start seeing people living like this, I'm going to get excited. When I see people living like this, I'm going to be like, yes. Let's do this together. Let's love the hell out of people together. Just make somebody smile. Make somebody smile today. Do you know, I was counting how many people, I, I mentioned this the other day, how many people it, it has been impacted by suicide? Raise your hand if you know somebody. That's, that's, that, that, that hurts my heart. That means that we're not being the people that God's called us to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All we have, it's one word. You were walking by somebody. You saw their countenance was low. That's probably Holy Spirit speaking to you. Just go say, hey, your life matters. You have purpose. God loves you and has a plan for your life. And I'm not talking about being religious. Let's throw all the religious crap out of there. Just love on people. Make somebody smile. Just say something to them that would brighten their day. Maybe it's buying a person a, co a, co the co a coffee behind you, right? Coffee is awesome. Pretty awesome. Maybe it's their food. Maybe it's a huge tip for a waiter or a waitress that's working their tail off, right? We're called to give, not to take it all on for ourselves, right? Sometimes we don't act like Jesus owns everything. A thousand cattle on the, on the hillside, right? Paying someone who's a comp maybe you come across somebody that's angry and distraught or something like that, and they're being obnoxious. Has anyone ever come across a person like that? Yeah, maybe that's the person God calling you to go say a kind and loving word to. Right? It doesn't, it's, so this is interesting. I think it's interesting because in this parable, the, the good Samaritan, he didn't affect a whole family. He didn't affect a community or an organization. He didn't affect a whole city. He didn't affect a whole nation. All he did was do what? He helped the one person that was in front of him. As he was going along his way, he came across a person that was hurting, and he saw them, and, he, and with compassion was moved towards that person. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is who's that person today that God's putting in your path? And listen, don't tell me that they're not there because I know they're there every day. We're just not seeing them. We're just, we're just going across to the other side of the road and walking our own little way, right? Because it's inconvenient. Or wait a minute, I'm going to be embarrassed or I'm going to be whatever. 
right? Let's just make up any other excuse, right? And again, I know exactly all the excuses because I make them. There's a ton of little things that we can do, and it's not the big things. It's just little things. Listen, you can prophesy over somebody and never, ever tell them that it was from God. If you're nervous about the whole God thing, just say, hey, I see that you're a great leader. I see that you are a person of kindness. You're a person of mercy. Whatever it is, you're awesome in art, right? Just pay them a compliment. Do something that will bring life to, your, to our community because that's what we're called to do is we're called to bring life. Let's, let's stand. Worship team, come on. Went a little bit. That's okay. Listen, we're not, this is, I, I know this is heavy. I get that. All right? I get it. Again, we can have nice little soft tickling ear messages, or we can really get into the Word of God and what it really looks like to follow Jesus. Listen, I don't know about you, but I didn't get in this thing. I knew what I was signing up for. I mean, maybe not fully, but I knew that it meant that I needed to lay down everything to follow him. I understood that. I understood that. And that's why we're here, is to be a drink offering unto him, right? To be a drink offering unto the Lord. Lord, we worship you. We want to fix our eyes on you. And God, we need you in this moment. We crown us with loving kindness in your tender mercies. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. We can love because you first loved us, Lord. And so we need to, we want to fix our gaze right now. Not, we don't want to be uh, belly stares, God, and, and, and focused on our, all of our lacking. God, we want to focus on you, Jesus. Because we are, we have everything that we need. You said we have everything that we need within us for life and godliness. You've given us everything that we need. And so we just trust this to you, Lord Jesus. So we, and you just want our yes. So we come to give you our yes and worship.